Hi there, podcasters. Wow, thank you for joining me. Do you know what? I love you guys. Anyone listen to a podcast? Yes. YouTubers? Yeah. Can't be doing with YouTube. Do you want to hear why? Well, let me tell you. Whoa, yes, I do love YouTube. Well, kind of do. So I do watch a lot of YouTube. I do like YouTube. And I'm not a hater, but I do remember making videos on there at some point. I remember doing live streams. In fact, I might do one again, but I just feel like it's a lot of work. And I'm just not yet there. Like, it's when YouTubers say, are oh, YouTubers, that like YouTuber is a job title. It is a whole description. It is a job and a half. And I feel like it should be a side job and it shouldn't really exist. But I feel like it does. It does just take up so much time. I mean, podcasts are great. You know, they're just lovely. And they've come a long way. So things are a bit easier. And I think video has come a long way and it is easier. But the process of editing an image, editing text to write a blog piece or journalistic whatever, those are different things. And making a podcast is a different thing. And it might take a little bit of work or it might not. It might just be like, oh, let's do what I do, which is just have a rough idea of what we want to do, the key objectives, and go, right, I want to get through this. Actually, beyond that, video is like an entirely different beast. And I say it in this order because it does feel like it is the, the one with the most elements to it. I mean, it's seriously, it has, if you were doing a YouTube video, there is a lot to take into consideration. So let's go from the top. You need a script. You need like a basic outline or an actual script, which is what a lot of people have. So they often read out what their blog post is, and that's before or alongside they might then publish that. And then from there, that's setting up the room before they start reading it. So, okay, they've got the piece, but they now need to set up the room before they can just get to doing it. Um, and then the room's really dark. Okay, I need lighting. You need a good camera. You need the camera to be like certain quality. Um, you need to get the script right. You need to have no um, noise pollution and all this other stuff and no white noise. and It's just fancy stuff. Um, but I've got builders like doing something two, three streets away and they are so loud. Uh, and I managed to block off the sound. But wow, it, you on, on your... On your YouTube video, you can be put off by something or you can say something wrong or you can look the wrong way. You can, things can go wrong, basically. And the, the com composition of what the lighting looks like versus what your face looks like, what whatever you're showing and telling and how that runs smoothly in the shot it needs to be captured. And if it's wrong, then you redo it and you redo it until it gets right. And then you think, oh, it's getting to the evening time. I need to hurry up. And then you need to change the lighting all over again. Uh, and then... You get to the next stage, which is on. I can't just put it out there. It's 20 minutes long. I can only do like a 10 minute or five minute bit. So then you've got to edit it. 
then when you edit it, your computer takes forever to process it because it takes that long because video is harder to manage than even the largest, best quality uh, photograph or bunch of photographs, even if they're raw files. Um, it's That's hard to handle for a computer for images, but this video work, I mean, especially if it's 4K, will take up RAM and hard drive space and everything. So you need to know about how your architecture for your computer set up, make sure you can archive that bad boy uh, once it's done. But once you get through, so I typically would use Premiere, or whatever it is, you still need to finish that project, then do an export. That's assuming you've got an intro and outro kind of jingle or video slice, you know, in, in like an introduction piece. Um, you also need to tell people right at the beginning what they do. So there is a definite formula for this. Uh, and that is definitely different to the blog post script that you might have wrote at that point. So then you need to do a little bit of side hustle and think, how do I change this? Uh, and then after you've done all that and you've actually put all those stuff together, like I said, you need to export it. Exporting it can take time, depending on what you're doing. If you're using Premiere, it takes time. And you need to get the right settings. And that takes three days because once I did that and it just, I did it the wrong way or I did it the long way. And then when you do it, it just, you need to use Adobe Media Encoder to squish it down to size because it's still very, very large. Um, and then, then you need to upload it to YouTube if that's what you're using. And that takes an age mainly because you've got a large file and anything uploading the upload speeds are less than, um, whatever your download speeds are. That's just like normal if you're in a house. So if you're in an office environment, that should be different. And once you've uploaded it, have you got yourself a graphic? That Not just a title, you need a title for that piece uh, with a description for that piece. You need your socials for that piece. Uh, and you need hashtags or if you're doing that stuff. But you also need a visual branded kind of uh, thumbnail for that. Bit. now you need to go and do that and then when you do that then and only then can you consider scheduling or posting it i mean that's a lot of work that is a lot of stuff to think about you know for one video that's one video and that one video uh, for me that i would take like a week so i would do that's a full-time job right there and i don't think i'm being harsh i'm saying i'm a perfectionist i know what's needed and i know what i want so I go and do it. So it would take me a week. If you're doing research, a lot of YouTube videos nowadays have a lot of context in them. So um, instead of doing that, they do four videos at one time and they record the various contents for each. So then the editing process is a lot more complex, but put together. So that means you are able to do one a week because your video is richer, but you might get more followers and likes and whatever is to it because um, the process of which you've made that is telling a story over a period of time. So it is actually far more interesting and compelling than just a normal sit there and talk video. So yeah, really interesting. And I feel like that's where YouTube videos um, need to be if they're going to be that good. So if you wanted to make one like that, it's obviously going to take you more than a week now just for that one. Um, uh, but as you build up, you might then do what I s briefly suggested of doing like a little bit of each all on the go and then trying to pull them together a week at a time. So they kind of overlap in how you're grabbing the content. So why do I not do YouTube video 
um, as much or why I have not followed through because I'm really not there yet. I am so not ready. It's unbelievable. And, do you know, if I worked organizationally, I would say I, I would be thrilled and excited to do it. Would I be able to do it? Would I deliver it on time? I mean, this is going to take time. But I think it's far easier to um, have a, a company organization style framework um, with other people there and build that because those pieces might be easier to piece together almost. And you might be able to plan ahead to say, yeah, we could do that. If you're a little solo entrepreneur and you're like a social enterprise, I mean, that just got a lot harder because you've got to do it all. So I get it's hard. You shouldn't beat yourself up over it, but you should plan that time in and do it regularly. And I would say if you're starting out, you might want to consider doing one, like one a month, trying to get a couple in a month, but you don't have to stick to that every two week rule. And yeah, just kind of take it easy with it and think of them more as spotlights rather than just really great, amazing YouTube videos. But at the same time, do we want those amazing videos? Well, yeah. So that's just takes time. Um, so that was kind of, for me, the reason for why I tried and failed. I think part of it was also one of the weird things. So I'll tell you this because it's relevant to this podcast, but there, there was a, once upon a time where I sat down, I was doing these videos. I was like, I'm going to do a video. Yeah, I'm going to do a video and I would do it. And it would take me like the day to do that one. And that's great, but that's because I wouldn't edit it and that's possible, but I have a lot less time now. So can't just pretend to be like I want to be a YouTuber. I've got other people and businesses and other things going on. So it's like, oh, okay, how do I manage my time? But when I did the, the stuff, I was lucky enough to have played with it. And I think that's the joy is to make those time pockets and not feel like they're wasted, but you can learn from it. And one of the things I learned was lighting is interesting. Uh, ring lights are also interesting, depending on which one they're either useful or not. And um, I just learned about composition of lighting and how I'm just really dull and don't have a lot of space. So I just do it on a wall. Um, and lots of different things are interesting with what content you might want to share. I think the biggest thing that I had a problem with was I was too cheap to buy a um, video camera. I knew that the laptop wasn't that good. Um, it was just the quality wasn't quite there. So I chose to use um, an SLR camera that I already had, and I just switched it onto video mode. Now, being a slightly older SLR camera as well, it just didn't have the back LED screen. When you preview the picture, often that's good enough for a camera, and mine does that, but the screen itself on the back doesn't um, lift out, and you can't flip it back. So if I'm sat in front of the camera... I can't see myself and I had to spend a bit of time trying to connect that up to uh, a microphone, which failed. So I didn't do that. <clears throat> and then I also uh, connected it to my TV um, and that just took a few minutes extra. And then whenever I'm looking away from the camera, it's like, I'm not actually looking at the camera. I'm looking away because I'm looking at myself on the TV uh, just to see if I'm uh, blurry or in tune or whatever. And ha not having facial detection on um, 
on a camera is a problem because having face detection on the more modern cameras uh, is really helpful. And you get tend to get them on video cameras and not really on um, SLR cameras, but you on newer models of SLR cameras, you get them. Mine is still a little bit older than that. I've got a cam Canon EOS. I can, I'm just looking from afar at this EOS. It's not, it's got a D number to it as well, actually. I've actually not used it for a while, so I'm blowing off the dust there. But yeah, so it's called a EOS, it's 500D. Uh, and when you go Google that, you'll see how old it is. But it's the most beautiful, lightweight camera. And I've got a camera at uh, my other workplace and just ca carrying it. And they don't really have an adaptable lens. So um, it's just a huge lens. And this one that I've got is beautiful because it's just so light and fluffy. It's like, ooh. I can just throw it around. So it's really perfect for me doing video work with. It's just that the age of it means I can't quite see myself. And facial detection just means I've got to hit the right spot. Otherwise, I'm going to record myself out of focus for like the next however long the video is. So, yeah, little things here and there technically um, are issues um, that you have to sort of buy into a little bit. And at some point, um, that's definitely something I would do is buy a new camera. In terms of buying a new YouTube camera, if you don't have one, um, don't spend £200. Like, golden rule. I think you can get some for around the 100 mark. If you're starting out, that's not a bad deal. You can even get 4K ones for between 100 and 150 and we're talking pounds. So I'd still say less than 200 for do in dollars either way. Just not worth spending that much for it. You're only really spending money on premium or quality of what it is, but that doesn't mean the other stuff is uh, worse quality. It's just probably a, a lesser brand, cheaper overheads. I don't know what it means. Um, so, yeah, I thought I'd share why I love podcasting and why I don't like YouTube. Um, I've just realized I've not really told you specifically why, I've gone through a hit list of the process for YouTube, but for me, on um, podcast, um, it's different to the YouTube story you heard because podcast is pretty much, I've got a jingle, but that took time. So that would take time for people to make um, or to make the right one and to get settled with it. And then, okay, I've got that. And then I use anchor.fm, which I've used for ages. I used to use something else, audioboom.fm, and then... They changed their model, and I was like, okay, I don't want to do that. Um, I just need something free. And Anchor.fm do it. But it means that I am available to you right here on this platform. And it, you could be on Overcast or on Apple or on Google or on Spotify. You, it could be anywhere, but it streams to all of these platforms. So I think it's really wonderful. And I just hit the record button, start talking. And I get my stuff done. I've got an idea of what I want to talk about. I'm passionate about it. And I've learned that I am good at talking. I'm okay in front of the camera, but the technical aspect of all the YouTube stuff pads the time so much that I would highly recommend that you pad that time and factor it in and play trial and error, get it wrong, fix it, get it right next time. Um, but it does take time to do YouTube. Whereas for me, doing podcasts has I found my groove. I've got my swing and it just 
is so much more easier for me, um, as well as um, uh, the audience that I serve, which are typically social enterprise because of the workshops that I deliver. Um, but they're just really good. And I just want to say thank you for listening. Uh, please do like and subscribe to these uh, podcasts. Uh, you can also tweet me at Tea and Toast. Uh, thank you for listening. Until next time, guys, take care and see you soon.